to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season card holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. Well, it was a fantastic finish to our home campaign with the Bears beating the Chiefs by 40 points to 33 and quite possibly our finest display of the season. We'll discuss our highlights from the game and also the player performances. Now, following weeks of speculation around who will be leaving and who will be staying, we'll have a chat about the retain list that was published this week. Some fond farewells, but maybe not as many as we'd expected. We'll also look ahead to the final game away at Sale and discuss the women's narrow semi-final defeat at Sandy Park. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Lee, Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, Lee, we're back at your our spiritual home. Yes, boys. Great to see you. And uh, what's that? Horrible shirt you're you're wearing. I, I am wearing my uh, Tottenham Hotspur 2003 shirt. I think it is. So uh, in celebration of a fantastic 5-0 victory away at Norwich today. The mighty which, Norwich. Which guarantees our Champions League spot for the season, for next season. So, yeah, I'm a happy boy. One thing I would say, though, just very, very quickly, because I know we're short on time. But last week I was, I was stuck in Lou. In the loo in Cornwall. Oh right, not on the loo. I did. I did have a spell in the loo, in loo. But I just want to say, you boys absolutely nailed it last week, and I really, genuinely enjoyed listening to it. But I have to say, that opening, that intro, oh my god, first world problems. Him talking about his hamstrings. Miles coming in with a cape on a on a Billy scooter. What the hell was that all about? That was that was ten minutes wasted, boys. Come on. Well, I'm glad we've got a bit of Bristolian grit to keep us on the straight and narrow. Miles, good to see you, fella. I know you, you swapped shifts, didn't you, to, to be here tonight so we oh. could bathe in the glory of Friday's game? Oh, I've had a mental weekend. I mean, I spent Friday night with Tony and uh, Pete. I spent Saturday night with Tony and Pete, uh, and I was spending Sunday night with Tony and Pete, and thankfully, Lee's here as a bit of a change, to be honest with you, and I've had a mental weekend at work, thankfully a really nice colleague at work swapped shifts with me, so I thought, I can't miss this one, a glorious last game of the season, so it's been a tiring weekend, but great to be here. And uh, as as mentioned there by Miles, uh, um, Miles and I and our better halves were entertained at the uh, Brearley household last night. Yeah. Uh, a joint effort by uh, yourself and Jules. You were on main course, Jules, on uh, pudding. That's right. Uh, it, it, have, have we got a name for that uh, pie that you c- concocted? Yeah, cheeky chicken pie. Cheeky chicken pie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got to admit, it was shop-bought pastry, but I, I just didn't have enough time over the weekend to do it proper. But it was... It was a properly cooked, properly the sauce and all that was all done proper, like. So uh, yeah, I mean, I gotta say, boys, after having got back at one thirty in the uh, on Friday, like I did Saturday morning, woke up, looked at the diary, thought, oh. God, we got the blooming Coxes and the blooming Clarks coming. <laughs> Whose idea was that? The last thing I want to do is plan some sort of meal for those chimps. But I shook myself off, got the uh, got the old, uh, I think it was Hairy Biker's recipe, actually. And uh, <laughs> Shook yourself off? Was that, a, was that a sauce bee? Yeah, that's right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, just knocked it out, Toe. Yeah, in, indeed. And uh, very, very good it was, too. And... Uh, yeah, do you know, I, I, I have this little tradition that I, I try and only drink cider during the summer. I'm, as you know, a big real ale fan, like my, my bitters and my IPAs. But uh, 
Friday night down the ground was my first Thatcher's Gold session of the season. So I, I was a little bit, by the time I got home, a little bit hazy. A little bit Thatcher's hazy. A bit, bit Thatcher's hazy. But anyway, what a fantastic game it was. Friday, our last home game of the season. The result, Bristol Bears 40, those Exeter Chiefs 33. Yes. Uh, let me come to you first, Lee. Um, when you saw the team sheets come up out on Thursday, were there any surprises or did you think, mm, that's a tasty team? Well, I, I actually thought we went as strong as we possibly could, which, you know, I, I guess kind of, Lee, uh, kind of in hindsight, we were always going to do that. You know, for the last few weeks, I thought we might throw a few youngsters in just to kind of bed them in for next season. But... Um, you know, I, I thought it was a strong side that we put out, and I was, I was, you know, quite optimistically cautious. I would say before kickoff. Yeah, and uh, you could tell by looking at uh, the the tickets on online that it was going to be a big crowd. And uh, I got down there reasonably uh, early, but it was absolutely packed around by the sports bar and uh, where the band was playing. It uh, you could tell it was a big crowd, and uh, Miles, lots of Exeter fans as well. Uh, quite a turnout from the Chief supporters. Yeah, that was a good shout. I mean, it's you know only an hour down to Exeter, isn't it? And even though it's a Friday night, I was. Uh... You're very impressed that so many Chiefs found that, and unfortunately, a colleague at work who was wearing a Chiefs uh, top with pride, um, and I enjoyed the obviously texting her at the end. Yeah, I mean it was a great night, fantastic atmosphere, and I think it turned out to be a crowd of nearly nineteen, nineteen and a half thousand, wasn't it? Yeah, and some good old voices from the Bristol fans. Absolutely, you you needed your sunnies as well for that first fifteen well, you minutes. Did, didn't you? It was really bright. I mean, you but... know, yeah, we looked like we were like, saluting, weren't we, us three? We were actually just covering our eyes from the sun for the first half yeah. it, 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 very Benny Hill reminiscent I think <laughs> yeah. it, it was I mean you have to say I mean it's a great attendance for, for a game that had nothing on it you know what I mean and it, oh, it was yeah. like we, we were never going to finish above 10th or below 10th and you know it, it just goes to show you know all credit to the Chiefs fans as Miles said but it goes to show like rugby in Bristol in BS3 is going strong isn't it and mm. you know absolutely absolutely uh, and Pete, uh, we were all there, excited. Pints of Thatchers in our hands. You you hobbled up those twenty eight <laughs> steps to get to the seat. I missed the first ten minutes just because I'm trying to get out those steps. Yeah, Thankfully, I know. Though. It's the best uh, ten minutes to miss. Well, I was going to say. Um, First 20, 15, 20 minutes, we, we were under the cosh, really. Um, I know I know you missed a bit of it, but Miles, maybe come to you. Um, I wasn't seeing a 40 points to 33 victory in that first 10, 15 minutes. No, I think, um, you know, I know the optimis- optimistic among, among us predicted a win last week, and I think, did you predict a, a narrow loss TC? And I did. Well, I mean, Lee's prediction was an absolute joke, for goodness <laughs> <sake>. <laughs> Well, but, to be fair, he was only 70 points out. On yeah. <laughs> but you're right. I think in the first 20 minutes, I thought, like Lee said, we put our strongest team out, but so did Chiefs. I mean, did you see their team sheet? I mean, they came here for business. We know they wanted five points because that's their only chance of reaching top four. In the first 20 minutes, we were under the cosh. We didn't really make it out of our 22, did we? And our possession stats were, must have been horrendous. So, like yourself, TC, I was very worried that this was really going to go south this game. But, you know, yeah. things then changed. Well, I think they had a, a, 
quite correctly on a TMO uh, uh, intervention there to try chalked off, yeah. but uh, it was one-way traffic. And as far as territory, it mu- I, I don't know what the stats were, but it must have been something like 80% was yeah. uh, played yeah, like in, yeah. in a half. But then the little spark of that is Harry Randall brought the game to, and the crowd to life after uh, 21 minutes. Pete, your thoughts on that yeah. try? I mean, classic... Classic quick penalty, you know, he's, he's, that's what he's known for, that's his trademark and he's always ready for it and it was, uh, you know, quick quick tap penalty, we saw him go because it was the other way, it was the opposite end of the dome and we saw him go and you kind of, sometimes when you see that happen you do worry that nobody else knows <laughs> he's going to do it and then he'll get isolated and it'll turn over. But who was on his shoulder? Yeah. Caleb Sheedy, galloping like a thoroughbred. And it was just the simplest of simple tries. Pace, draw the man, pop the pass, Callum under the posts. And it was, yeah, it was a little bit against the run of play, but I think that was, you know, that gave us the confidence because we'd been, you know, we'd been defending, we'd been putting in big hits, but that really, I think, gave the team the confidence to say, you know what, if we hit these boys at pace and we're true to our beliefs and true to our game, we can, we can go a long way in this game. Uh, but Lee, it wasn't long before Exeter um, did, oh, did get their try. I think uh, we held on to the lead for for all of uh, uh, three or four minutes. <laughs> um, uh, t- typical Exeter try, close in, uh, and just just brute force really to 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 get the ball over the line. Yeah, I mean it was pretty ominous, wasn't it? I mean it, actually just before that there was a, a great like. <laughs> Try saving tackle by Joyce, wasn't it? But prior to that, but that actually was the theme throughout the, the the evening, wasn't it? Really, with like us scoring, them scoring, and but yeah, I mean to be fair, Chiefs took it well. It was pretty ominous. They had a penalty advantage as well, didn't they? And you know when their forwards have the ball like that, you know it's only a matter of time before they they go over. And I can't remember who scored it actually, but Grondo, Grondo, well, there, isn't it? Grondo, Argentina. He'd only just yeah. come on as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three minutes he'd been on. And, and and you just thought, well, okay. So it, to be fair, like you say, on the basis of play, you know, they deserve to be probably in front. So you know, f- for it to be seven all at that point, I think we'd have still been quite happy, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. But I think Miles, you know the. We, we'd weathered that first 20 minutes and you could see the team growing into the game and again uh, we, we, we were attacking the line we knew we had the penalty advantage and then a little bit of magic from Charles maybe we haven't seen enough of that magic this season well it's hard to, well, it's hard to see any at all to be perfectly frank with me um, I think that was when he did his little antipodean hop didn't he sort of like through the back more like the quick step more like the quick yeah, well, absolutely yeah. but it was like a quick step through the line and scored under the sticks I mean that was Genius from Charles he was, he, he was auditioning for the next series of Strictly with that one. He was, around the around the Yeah, a lovely try by Piotr, and those are the sort of uh, side steps that we, you know, we've been wishing to see all season, but sadly because of injuries, we haven't seen them. But a lovely try on 32 minutes and under the sticks, and Sheedy couldn't miss that one, did he? So it was uh, converted by Callum. Yeah, but then Pete, as as so often seems to be the case this season, we score, let the opposition score. Yeah. Yeah, and you'll have to remind me what their try was. I want to it was think. Josh Hodge. Oh, yeah, no, it was actually thing, yeah, it was it? quite a good try, to be yeah. fair. It was, yeah, it was well, spread along the line. They, he's they a good straight, player as he's well. A good he was player. quick, yeah. wasn't he? He's a, he's, a, he's a kind of cross between um, Toby Fricker and... Uh, 
Um, the guy Prothero, Matt Swansea. Prothero, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. reminded me of a, of a Matt Prothero. But no, to be fair to, to, to yeah, they're a top side. They're a top side, mm. and they did the basics well. They, you know, everybody in that line straightened, drew the man, popped it, and you're all, you know, they had an overlap, and it was a good, it's a good finish. So um, you know, fair play. It was, it was a big contest, and you know, Exeter, Exeter did have a lot to play for, mm. and I think the fact that they had a lot to play for after that first ten minutes started raising our game a bit because. Our boys knew that they were up. They they had something, so we they had mm. to raise it, and it became. I mean, that it, it was a contest. It was you know, it was the, the the fans like us were were thoroughly enjoyed at the time. I, I would say though, at that point, just after that, we were playing some lovely rugby. Then we, I, I felt it was at that point we were hitting our our stride a little bit, and we had a point where Afoa and even Moraham were playing scrum math. Mm-hmm. And, I, yeah. and that was like come on it was like all, in, all I mean, the inclusive is, rugby that was the pressure was kind of off it was yeah. on because Exeter were a phenomenal yeah. force and the, and the hits were massive so the pressure was on like quite literally there but I think in terms of the mentality of the players they were willing to give everything a go and I, and I think you know that that is weird, isn't it? Because they've been trying to do that all season, and and you know we've had we've talked a lot about basic errors and not being clinical enough. But it's almost as if that is this tiny thing. It's this confidence thing that makes a difference. And once you play with confidence, it all comes off. And um, yeah. I think that was the case case on Friday to a certain extent. Absolutely. You know when we get quick ball and can get get into broken play, uh, it was like watching the team from the first half of last season, wasn't it? It was really exciting clinical attacking rugby and some great defence as well yeah, yeah I mean pace in any game football rugby other games darts darts <laughs> pace is just it's like premium isn't it and when you hit there was there were times when Charles was hitting the line at pace with the ball and it makes such a big difference it's, it's just it's the, it's the gold dust yeah of, uh, of I mean sport. our game is based on quick ball isn't yeah. it I mean you know without it we struggle, and that's that's where we need to go into next season. We need to find a plan B if we don't have the ball so quickly. But yeah, when, when we've got the ball out fast, but like, we digress. Yes, we, we we do digress. Half time, fourteen all. Uh, we come out for the second half, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they scored a try, or so we thought. Uh, and then it was pulled back, wasn't it, for uh, a late hit on. Piers O'Connor. Yeah, it was Witten, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, so we we go from them scoring in the corner to us having a penalty, uh, whatever, 25, 30 mm. metres out. And then in the next passage of play, Charles Piatow scores again. I can't remember such a quick turnaround in kind of fortune yeah. from having a thinking we've had a try uh, scored against us mm. to actually going down the other end and scoring. Um Again, the things were looking good at that point, Miles. They were. I mean, I, I, there was there, again so many tries. It's one of those ones where I forgot the try from Charles Piatel, but I think it was sort of pinged out onto the, uh, you know, all, all, out out the backs, and, and he scored obviously brilliantly. D- dived over. I think it wasn't a little little random Randall. snipe, a little yeah, Randall, Randall snipe. Yeah. You know, sometimes we 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 bemoan when scrum halves go sideways, but the reason they do that is to just draw the defence. And then if they get the, the pop pass just right, that defence has been drawn into the scrum half, and, and as was behind. proven in that mm-hmm. case, 
Charles comes on at pace, he just strolled in. And it, it was a classic case of why sometimes scrum halves run sideways. Mm. But you've just got to know when to do it at the right time. That's uh, absolutely. And not, not for the first time in that game. Stuart Hogg, international British line, yeah. was looking defensively a uh, little bit suspect. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have his best game in the office, did he, Brady? No, I, 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 I don't no. think he did. And certainly... Um, Pete, the, the next try, uh, Leo's try, that Ooh, everyone in the ground were on the f- uh, on their feet, and we did say that is rugby filth of the was, highest order. It was X-rated rugby. That was um, just the well, you know what it was? It was Sheedy playing with gay abandon. It was Sheedy playing what's in front of him. Yeah. yeah. And we've said this all season that he's got the ability to do yeah, it. Yes. And it was classic. I think it started actually when it was a bad. Um, it was a bad uh, box kick from Randall, actually, that didn't go very far. We got it back. Vui got it kind of going backwards and threw a dummy and then made about five or seven, six yards. And then we recycled it, but it was that kind of lobbing it. And then she just saw, he saw the gap and he went for the gap. Mm. And then the filth of that round the back, back, back the backhand boogie to Patty. But then, of course, I thought it was Charles Pittow, <laughs> the amount of pace he had. Oh, it was. But it class. wasn't. And again, I think it was, I don't think it was Hogg, though. It was Simmons that was put on the deck. Joe what, Simmons. Was it? Oh, right. I thought it was Hogg. No, right. I looked on the replay because I thought it was Hogg again, thinking, right. well, there you go. There's a lion for you. But actually, no, it was Joe Simmons. But Patty, I mean, we've said this all season. The man has been, like, reconstructed this season. He put, he put, he went into seventh gear straight under the post great that was just that's why despite everything this season that's why we turn up I'm waiting for Adam yeah. Patty to actually credit us for you know for <laughs> slaving having no legs left rejuvenation his career I think he should give us you know he's got that he's got that two year contract unless in van hasn't he he's had, I'm expecting a son you know no, that's not van that's, that's a foe isn't it both no, they're going both going, they're both going, are they? They've got a van, right. probably Are you van. checking my facts after last week again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Start-o, start-o. <laughs> oh, he's supposed to have a little uh, backhander from, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, unless he's had a double thigh transplant. <laughs> I don't know what's happened this season. Uh, but then again, great game, talking point. Jack Bates, I think, a little bit unlucky to, to get yeah, that yellow that? card. Letter of the law, it was right. But I think the guy more... Came into him than any any force, but rules is rules. It was a yellow card, and boy, Miles uh, did Exeter take quick advantage of that with uh, two quick tries. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've forgotten. Is James Kenny a forward, isn't he? Yeah, that great, that massive. Well, he looked like one. No, that <laughs> massive. Yeah, that massive unit. I've forgotten his name. We got <laughs> when Miles. When somebody is the same width as yeah, he is yeah, tall, absolutely he's a forward. forward yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, he went over for a nice try, didn't he? Um, and then, oh yeah, of course, quickly then, uh, Ollie Woodburn's got a lovely try after that. Yeah, so within that ten minutes in being period, they had two very quick tries, and I thought, oh no. Here we go, but um, you know things settled down a little bit after that, and you know it, it turned around. Uh, and because I, I was on a thirsty cider buying round, uh, I think Pete, I missed. Um, should we say maybe a couple of not the best restarts oh, uh, in the world? Yeah. Are we talking about when Johan came on? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I've yeah. got to put it down to his orange boots. I mean, I'm not sure. Faded orange. As yeah. Well. I'm just a bit. I don't know what. 
that was a, it seemed to me a little bit unnecessary. I mean, honestly. he came on for Callum at 57 yeah. minutes, and Callum yeah. wasn't doing anything wrong. No, he, he'd, was been, he'd been down a couple of times. Okay, maybe a couple of I keep saying it, and I just think these young lads, the TikTok generation, the Instagram generation, the Snapchat generation. What? If you, well, this is what Lloydie is. If you wear orange boots, the one thing you don't do is kick the ball out on the full with your first touch. <laughs> yeah, You've yeah. got to be careful. There's nothing wrong with building up with black pumas. A bit like uh, O'Flaherty, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wearing black pumas. And, you know, that to me is you, you show you're talking by what you do. Solidity. Yeah. And yeah. I think if I had a little bit of advice for Yoen, I'd say just leave the... Leave the orange boots until you've got 100 caps. Yeah, let's see you with a little bit of... Let's see some black boots first. He did. Uh, he had a bit of... Two shocker of a kick. He did, he? but yeah, actually, to be, fair, to be fair, in this situation, this is the perfect time for him to to have that and then, yeah, get, and yeah, then work yeah. his way back into the game, which, of course, he did. Yeah. And then uh, interception try. Uh, Lee, you don't get quicker than a uh, intercepting fricker, do you? No, and it was good because it was right on the, the tail end of, uh, of Bates, you know, just, just about yeah. waiting to come back on, wasn't it? And it was funny because Dan Thomas had come on for Lua Tua at that point and Dan Thomas had gone straight into the action, hadn't he, a couple of times. Um and then, yeah, and then we got the, you know, intercepted... It was Slade, to be fair. I mean, at that point, extra Chiefs are kind of, you know, they got their towels up, haven't they? And they're going forward yeah, and yeah, they they've got the confidence. And then Slade did what Slade does at times and he just threw a loose pass and Frick got a hold of it and that was it. And there was literally no stopping the guy, was yeah. there? As soon as well, he got we out were saying, We were saying in the, when we, in the stands, weren't we, when he first got it, because he was in his own half yeah. and there was someone chasing him and I thought, got a, he's got a meter or two on him, didn't Frick, he? He just, he just, you could see him put his yeah, foot on the crutch and get down, yeah. and he just went and he put his head down. It was, yeah. it was like a turbo boost. Yeah, and it was fair play to the. Boy. I, I love the fact that as soon as Slade had seen the back yeah. of Fr- Fricker, he just gave up, and he just, he, he just knew yeah. there's no way in the world I'm catching this guy. But I've got to yeah. say that that was 28 all, and you could say that you know that was a kind of a bit of luck for us. It was a, it was a turning it was, point. It, yeah, it was. It was a turning point because yeah. from that yeah. we motored on. But yeah. at 28 all, yeah, you know, it could have gone on the way. It hadn't been an intercept, and it, you know Fricker had overcommitted, and he'd, he'd overcommitted and lost his winger. Who knows what might have oh, happened? He, so yeah. it was a big turning point. That mm. it was a big turning point, and then we go on and score uh, again. Miles Luke Morahan. Uh, we found out uh, earlier in the week that uh, the wizard from Oz is is staying with us, and uh, good to see him get that try. I mean, that is fantastic news, isn't it? I mean, we on social media. Um, I mean, there was speculation in many forms of press wasn't there that he was you know leaving the club but um, the coffee shop and the amazing coffee lives no. on but we I did mean, say he wasn't going in we did we? think that he's invested they just in... opened a new one in Gloucester Road didn't they exactly yeah. I think it was just uh, you know um, you know bad press to be honest with you yeah, press speculation but that is fantastic news he showed his class he's come back from a minor sort of ankle injury didn't he from a couple of games ago 
Uh, and his quality, he's, you know, solid game by Morahan and, yeah. and, and, and scored a great try. And, you know, he's, he's fantastic news for next season. But that was, yeah, that was on about 74 minutes, wasn't it? It, it was. And I think we were 40 28 up. I got up singing, Can We Play You Every Week? And you, 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 you <laughs> boys got a bit, you boys got I, a bit I think, worried then. I think didn't we you? remember the last time you did that, Tony, when a yeah. massive tumbleweed went right <laughs> across the stadium. <laughs> I thought you'd learnt your lesson. Yeah. And the time before that in the shed. Yeah. Um, but the next one we, we we started was counting down the clock yeah. from ten, didn't we? Yeah. With uh, when when you're um, twelve <laughs> points clear yeah. and, and it's going into the red, you kind of know you've won. Yeah. Uh, it was a bit great shame that uh, we we did concede that last try debut, as it gave them the uh, the extra losing uh, bonus point. But boy, oh boy, what a result! Forty points to thirty-three. Um, and first. First defeat for Chiefs at Ashton Gate, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yes, we we hadn't beaten yeah. them in the Premiership here. Yeah, great so, start. Uh, great and, start. and as we've said earlier, you know, we didn't really have much to play for. They had everything to play for to keep their season alive. Uh, and now they, they are definitely out of the top four. So mm. uh, I think, is it the first time since... Is that definite? 2015, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. Northampton, I think, got a couple of losing bonus points. Yeah. Uh, and, and Bristol and Chiefs last season won in two, and none of us have qualified for... For the playoffs. Yeah. That's the yeah. first time they haven't been in the playoffs since probably since about 2016. Yeah. Since the invention of electricity, yeah. yeah. Um, OK, well, let's talk about some of those player performances then. Um, maybe, Pete, if I come to you, uh, you have a look at the uh, the forwards. Uh, and Miles, maybe you can take the backs and Lee and I will we'll look at the spare bears. Oh, yes, right, forwards. What I would say about the forwards is that they like I because I, I did the the post article for Monday and, I, and the point I made is it was brilliant it was show stopping rugby but you cannot have show stopping rugby consistently if you don't have the filth done in the first place and mm. the defence from the forwards was unbelievable it was just a there's double tackling that was going on and was was immense and yeah. you know, this is we're talking chiefs we're talking units beasts like Vermoulin. Mm. Yanis Kirstis so these guys are barely human they've been created in laboratories in South Africa and exported to England Dave Ewers I mean if you he's like a he's a he's a he's a terminator and people like Jay Walmore sometimes we say oh the scrum but Jay Walmore was in the thick of it people like that Thacker in the thick of it Obviously, a foer, Joycey in the thick of it. I mean, I think that's all I want to. I want to say about the first about the forwards that they created that for us, and that you know the defense and they've been like that all season, and you know it's, it's things like the set piece that have been the problem. But yeah. in terms of the defense, we were up against one of the biggest physical packs and they like Miles Miles's mate who he thought was a back you know as, as tall as his wide comes on and he gets back it's so I mean I think that's what I want to say to, first of all yeah again just watching Chris Vui he's hard as nails he, even, like, even with his hair, with his hair on, but he's hard as nails but he's got like silky skills I mean that guy I just I I want it I just think he's just the best player in the world without a doubt they created the platform for yeah, us to be did. able but to get but they also have that extra because that's what extra don't have yeah. they've got the filth but they can't we've also got that little X factor in our forwards we've got the likes of Thacker we've got a Foa popping up doing pop passes we've got Vui throwing dummies making yards and if, if we are to 
like win big in the current in years to come. That's that's what we we've got to somehow retain that that hard as nails platform in the forwards, but with that little bit of sparkle. I mean, people like Fitz Hardy. I know he came on. You know, he's hard as nails. I, mean, yeah. I know he's a student, you know, but he's he puts in the hard yards, but he's also got the offloads. So I thought, you know, across the board of the forwards, I think I don't really want to pick out anyone yeah, because I, I thought that that was a that was a classic unilateral unit, unilateral yeah. Yeah. performance. But I will just again highlight Vui for that kind of multi-talented ability, and I just highlight again Joe Joyce because. Joe Joyce is the backbone of that team. He did another virtually another eighty minutes, didn't he? You know, he did. Yeah. I think he did do eighty minutes. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and the thing is, you know, he runs out. He looks knackered when he runs, but he's all everywhere in the park. He was still talking to us. And we talked. And he was talking at one o'clock in the morning. At one o'clock in the morning, we were still. We met Joyce. We were talking to him about it. He, he wasn't. He, he didn't even look knackered, did he? We Me were. and you two, <laughs> we can barely walk. So that's. I think we'll leave it at that. I want to say well done to the forwards. Well done to all of them for putting on a massive performance and providing the platform. I, I, I absolutely can't agree with that anymore. I mean, if, when you think that you got Jake Walmore, you just said yeah, thirteen tackles. Jet, Sam Jeffries, 19 yes. tackles. Lua Tua, 12 I mean, tackles. These, are boys these guys that, were just putting in a shift, weren't they? They, they? You know, these are the boys, it's not a great metaphor, but when you, when you need someone in the trenches, mm. those are the boys. I mean, they, they, I, they, I, I, I bow down, my pathetic, weak body bows down in, in like majesty to these specimens week in, week out. Talking of specimens, oh, over to yeah. you, Miles. <laughs> you stutter. How do, I, how do I come back from that? I mean, like you said, the forwards provided an amazing platform for the backs, and that's where we know Bristol just shine, uh, which hasn't been working fantastic this season. But on Friday night, jeez, did it work. Randall was kicking some... I would say some filthy box kicks, and he was a, he was a pocket rocket. That try he scored with Sheedy was great. Randall great. Sheedy. Um, what's know, that, what's oh, happened to the boy? What's happened to him? Well, I mean, I hate this. You know, oh, oh, you know. I, what's I, got, hang on, I got home on. I got home on Friday thing. night. Everyone, take a breath. Right. I, I, and my wife said, "Didn't Sheedy have a good game?" I went, "He was alright, <sighs> but." But okay, I give him his amazing backhand pass uh, that that, that led to that try. Was great. A bit of inventiveness. Loved it. Fricker, 80 minutes. Leua, the legend. 80 minutes. Morahan, Piatau. 80 minutes. I mean, crikey, he pulled out the game when he saw the uh, team sheet last week. And tonight, uh, on Friday night, <laughs> he was on fire. I mean, <laughs> what? I mean, I actually thought I saw flames coming from his backside. Well, it felt like that. Yeah. And apart from O'Connor, who got that massive hit, sadly had to go off and, you know, fair play. And Bates came on uh, and um, took over for him. Lloyd came on, had a few questionable kicks, but, you know, apart from that, he got outside on the outside channels on a wing and flew down with pace, so he's back. I thought with the forwards and the backs, it's hard to sort of pick out an amazing performance because they were all fantastic. And were, you know, the defence was great, um, but I think what was fantastic to see was that Charles playing 80 minutes back to his best... And just showing why we're paying a lot of money for him. Yeah, and just, yeah. you know, hope for next season that uh, the injuries are I th- over. I mean, that pretty much sums it up. It, you couldn't really pick out a individual 
in the no, whole performance, no. but collectively everyone was on point, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. I don't think we'll talk about the spare bears because these two, no, they, they, these two have covered it. <laughs> yeah, sorry but about that. I've just, got, I, I forgot who came on. Eh? <laughs> I'm just going to say some of the stats. I mean, uh, Fricker, 124 metres from 13 carries. Charles, 66 metres from 14 carries. Leua, 59 metres from 9 carries. And wait for this. Wait for this. This yeah, is yeah. probably... Sheedy, 45 metres from four carries. Now, how often this season has he even got into double figures? Because, as we say, he's been passing it a lot. He's certainly shifted his game around, hasn't he? I wonder if it's a little bit of the McGinty factor. Of course it is. Maybe maybe I'm being dropped by Pivak, isn't he? This is what we we want. told to go and, you know, prove yourself. a few things. Competition. So there you go. And the stat today, wasn't it? Charles plays 80 minutes... And uh, top of the stats of the Premiership this weekend in Defenders Beaten. Yep. I mean, there we go. Play a bit more. But the point, we've always said this about Charles, he always gets these stats, but there's never any end product at the end of it. <laughs> these are stats with product. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes a difference. So these are actual proper stats, not fake stats. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, a, a wonderful evening, a great atmosphere underneath the Lansdowne with the, I was going to say, a one-man band. It literally yeah, was, wasn't it? It was a bloke with a guitar and a, a, a backing he, track. And yeah, old Ness and Dorma came and towards the end as well yeah. despite our moaning me and uh, me and Pete singing along the sweet Caroline yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but that that is the time to sing exactly. not one minute after you just no. lost the morning <laughs> sale in the <laughs> Champions Cup it was now, now there's one person I think uh, we haven't spoken about who deserves a lot of credit uh I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it out the referee. Yep. Yes. I think it uh, was probably yeah. it, it, Luke Pierce officiated that superbly well. We kept the game flowing. Um, it was um, TMO decisions were done really quickly and effectively. I think full marks to Pierce. Yeah. It was probably our best performance of the season, and I'd go as far as to say it's the best refereeing performance certainly I've seen at Ashton Gate. I thought he, I thought he played it really, really Absolutely well. Absolutely agreed, and I'm, I'm really pleased that he's officiating the European, um, the final next week as well. Yeah, yeah, well, well deserved. Okay, you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout, and many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at bearsbeyondgate, and on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Right, uh, on to the next section, and uh, it's that old retained list. Now, uh, I think more than any season, Pete, uh, there'd been so much speculation about who'd be coming, who'd be staying. We've had the whole, uh, you know, the Ashton Gate six with the contract renewals, uh, lots of media speculation. I think people were really worried about how many we were going to lose. But actually, um, probably not as bad as I think most of us thought. Mm. He's lost more kids on a school trip. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely, absolutely. So um, 11 players uh, are departing. We already knew about uh, Leua and Afoa. Uh, Dave Atwood going to Bath. 
uh, and Antoine Frisch, uh, who's joining Munster. But then we also had uh, Mitch Eady, Nathan Hughes, Tiff Eden, Nayadia Loken, Theo Strang, Joe Cotton, Ashley Challenger uh, leaving the club. And I think one of the big things, and we touched upon it a bit earlier, was the fact that the Wizard is uh, is, is yeah. staying. Um, but, you know, we've already talked about Leura, Foa uh, and Atwood also about Frisch but those others that were confirmed as going Nathan Hughes Pete we've known about that for, yeah. for a while Mitch Eady I mean it wasn't a surprise I think it was a huge shame um, clearly something hasn't worked with Mitch because actually the couple of times he's played this season when he's been given a chance he's looked he's looked what we want he looks like a marauding number 8 and I just wonder whether the modern game has passed him by now and, you know, he's not quite as multi-faceted in the back row. And you look at someone like Fitzharding, who can play across the back row, comfortable at eight, comfortable at flanker. Sam Jeffries, comfortable at eight, comfortable at flanker. Heenan, comfortable at eight, comfortable at flanker. And actually, maybe it's just... You know, it's just not worked for him. And and we know he's set up his uh, his groundwork business, so maybe in a way... You know that's it's it's destiny. Um, you know he's come home. He's got kids. You know maybe he thought that this was the reason he would come back. It was just to come back, get his roots back again, pick up a wage for a bit, do his best, and then and then move. But it is a bit sad. I, I still think there's we'll never know the background story to it. But I think there is something there. Yeah, I think that's doing him a slight injustice. And I know you don't mean that, mm. but I I think it's doing him a slight injustice. I I, I think. With all intention, he came near to actually oh, cement. No, I don't the mean first that. Yeah, I mean, I don't say he didn't come. Uh, no, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I meant the, the kind I, of circumstances. Yeah. I thought he tried. No, I think what I meant. I mean, I thought what I mean is that every time he had an opportunity, I thought he he went for it's, it. Yeah, yeah. So with, what with I'm saying all... is, there's something else we don't really know about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll be gutted to see him go as a Bristolian. You know, he's 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 one of our boys in the he's, he's Bristol through and through, and yeah. bleeds. Leeds Bristol and you know I just hope that whatever he does now like Pete said you know moving on whether he stays in rugby whether he moves on now um, I just hope he you know he has a good future really because he he's, he was a great player for us yeah. you know and and he is a kind of mini Bristol legend isn't he so uh, uh, absolutely absolutely so we wish him well and I you know I, I think there's a few seasons left in those legs and uh, ho- hopefully somebody will, will come in for him um, and he, he was on loan at Hartbury so you never know whether Hartbury will um... I mean yeah. I mean, he's a competitor isn't he yeah, he's he not is. just going to yeah. give it up straight away he is absolutely Nathan Hughes we, we knew about um, let me uh, come to you Miles Tiff Eden um Probably that decision for him to go was made months and months ago. But as we've said on the podcast, actually, the performances that he's put in in the last two or three months when he's had the opportunity have been really good. Yeah. I mean, as we have seen over the last sort of, well, you know, the games where he stepped up, he has played his way uh, into the backs, first team, uh, when players have been injured, even when they haven't been injured. His performances have been absolutely phenomenal. Um, his kicking, his commitment has been great over the season. He's been on the sidelines for years. And to step up when needed uh, is such, such an accolade for someone like Tiff Eden. I think we're really sad to see him go, actually. Yeah. He's mm. been absolutely brilliant. He's been His defence has been great. His kicking great. 
His um, choice of haircut, not so great, but we'll let him off that, to be honest with you. Um, I think most Bristol fans will say, you know, that's one that got away, uh, wasn't quite developed into the sort of first-team player that we would have wanted, and, th- you know, thanks for Tiff, we'll, we'll miss him greatly. I think it's inevitable with AJ McGinty coming in as well, you know, and, and Cheedy. I think it was inevitable that that he would go, but... I really do agree with Mars. I think he. he I, I really hope Tiff gets into a decent club yeah, now yeah, and right. plays some really good rugby because I'd love to watch him again. You know, I, yeah. I just think he is genuinely a really nice kid, and and I think he will flourish somewhere else. Let, let me come to you, Lee. Uh, someone that used to give you palpitations when he played <laughs> uh, when he first joined, Adia Loken. <laughs> now. Has your view on uh, uh, him changed over the course of this last uh, couple of seasons? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my hands up, and I think actually me and Miles will probably both agree that yeah. we, that we did slate him quite a fair feral bit back in the day, didn't we? And but he's a genuinely honest guy, and he he did definitely improve his game under the the high ball. And again, I think he's going to be another one of those players that will flourish somewhere else. And I just think he needs a run of games. And, and he is a good player. I just think that at Bristol, he's just not quite good enough for the players that we've already got. But I wish him all the best in the future. It's yeah. like Pat said in the, the goodbye to him, is that basically when we snapped him up, he was a free agent. You know, he'd, he'd, Pat knew him from Connacht yeah. and uh, you know, knew he had something about him. Took a, you know, I think Adelaide would say he's had a he's had a blast. He's yeah, he's, he's had some great games at the, the gate. He's he's played in front of big crowds. Scored he's tries. Scored tries. He's had the pleasure of our city for two yeah, years. Yeah, and he's and he's improved as mm, a player. Yeah. So I, I don't think he, you know, I think he'll he'll see it as a, a bonus what has happened to him. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we wish him well, don't we, boys? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, obviously, Theo Strang, Joe Cotton, and let me come to you, Pete. The one that you know, I think we we all couldn't believe. Ashley Challenger, Ash the Smash, especially after he scored that debut try. I mean, yeah. the way he was fist pumping. I mean, that I thought that is a that's another contract. But I think, I mean, he will. He'll say he's been living the dream, living the dream for a year, yeah, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah. And you know, I mean, I'm sure he realised he was he was he was the new Nicky Thomas. But you never know; yeah. he could be back when we have another injury. When we inevitably have a front row injury crisis, oh, challenges on speed dial. We, we joke about that, but actually, that could happen and yeah. easily. And, and if he if he keeps playing in the local leagues, that'll keep him like sharp, won't it? So yeah, let's see. I reckon. Should we put prediction at one point next season? There'll be an emergency loan. <laughs> he's, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. Yeah, and um, I should say, I mean, I do love this tradition where Pat gets all the players out on the pitch uh, for the departing players. They get a little presentation, few words. They get this the chocolate bar necklace. I'm not quite sure what what all that's about. Whether that gets donated to mm. to their kids, but um, we actually went into unfamiliar territory for the presentation. We were in the south stand. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, actually, with few people were uh, commented us on us being on the South Stand. Lovely what, to what? Pete. Meet, yeah, meet, yeah. meet some of the listeners. Uh, yeah. So uh, thanks to everybody that came across and uh, yeah. said very kind words about uh, the podcast. Even Miles. Even Miles. Yeah. Um, 
but it was great to to have. I think that 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 tradition that Pat's brought into the club, mm. club to give that yeah. farewell, and then of course for Joycey to lead Blackbird and for oh, us all to great. be able that to join great. in yeah. was was absolutely fantastic. Um, which does beg the question, lads, which we have posed earlier in the season: is is it okay then for fans to sing it? During the match, or is that it's we've got victory, to keep that as the victory song? Okay, song, I think. We'll, we'll put that to bed then, shall we? We'll it's put the victory and, song. And, and we should hasten to add uh, in recent you know, weeks, there was no one on the pitch, was there? At the end, it was just the players and the staff. No, there was no, no fans on the pitch, no mm. invading the, the pitch at all. No. Although, no. I've got to say, it was mainly because we didn't really have any... I mean, we did go on the pitch when we beat when we lost to Doncaster, do you remember? We oh, had no, been on the pitch, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the pitch thing is a little bit of a misnomer because it was a kind of... <laughs> it, it was a win that we was just a bonus... Yeah. We have been on the pitch twice in our career down there. Uh, I, I think if we'd been clinching <laughs> if a, we, if a championship or a, or a relegation, yeah, so we might have made a visit. So I know. I mean, I think we don't want to be too in our little uh, hoity-toity about uh, about the pitch invasion. Uh, and let, let's face it, mate, with your hamstring, wow. there's no way you were going to get over <laughs> I mean, uh, hoarding. Yeah. Hoarding is, is way too high. <laughs> that, 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 that was never going to happen. So we've got the retained list now. Um, and um, let's talk about it by position. We've got uh, all, all the players here. Uh, we have uh, seems to be a lot of props. We've got uh, Jake Armstrong, uh, John Joe, and to- Totty uh, Ben Salmon, the two twins. Uh, Salmon. Solomon, Solomon, Solomon yeah. Ben Solomon. Apologies. Uh, you can do the next one, Pete. It's Reese Charlambo. Charlambo, yeah. Uh, Ellis Gaines, George Kloska, Max Laheef, Martin Mulhall, Carl Sinclair, Jan Thomas, Jake Woolmore. Um, obviously, youngsters and university guys that we've yet to see really, uh, you know, how they'll be able to cope with the Premiership. I will stand by what I said at the very start of the season. Yeah. We are still missing an experienced tight head for, mm-hmm. for while Carl Sinclair's away. Mm. Now, I hope one of these boys or, or a couple of them come through and prove that they can play at the top level. Uh, but it's a concern for me. I think loose head, you know, we've added um, Ellis, uh, who's at the absolute top of his game, uh, playing superb rugby. We've got... Um, you know, we've talked about Woolmore do, doing a job, Jan Thomas. You know, I think loose head, we're really well catered for. Mm. Tight head still does worry me. And it, I mean, it is a concern because it's the unknown for us, isn't it? We don't, mm. we don't know if anyone can step up or if they will step up. So, it, yeah. you know, going into a season again. I'm, I'm worried about Tony. Do you lie awake at night thinking about tight head props? It worries me, Tone, that, you know... It does. It's it's causing issues. It it, it worries me. It worries me deeply. Um, Miles goes a bit thinking about hookers. Joke of the season, he left it late. That's, that's brilliant. Uh, well, let's go to Miles and his hookers then. Um, oh, oh, it, else. We, we knew Fred Davis was coming in. I think we speculated on the pod. Surely that means one of the existing hookers was going to leave, but they didn't. But no, none of them did, did they? No. So, I mean, we, so we've got Byrne, Capon, Davis, uh, Kerr, and Thacker. Um, 
You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, who's going to get a game next season? Uh, as we know, Thacker has, since he's been fit, been on absolute fire this season in the last sort of three, four games. Uh, Byrne came on, on on Friday night and looked pretty competent. And as we know, Jake Kerr is, is great. And it does leave a question, really, that when is Capon and Fred Davies ever going to get any first-team game time? They're not. They're not. Um, so it seems a bit generous on the uh, hookers front, but who wouldn't want that many hookers? Who wouldn't in, want on five hookers list? around them in a club? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Let me come to you, Lee. Second row: uh, James Dunn, John Hawkins, Ed Holmes, Joe Joyce, Chris Vui, Joe Owen, and Charlie Rice. The, yep. the last two there getting their uh, professional contracts. Um, are we lacking a bit of filth there? Uh, well, with, with Dave going, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think obviously I, that is going to be a big miss for us. But um, I mean, I think that Pat has kind of primed John Hawkins for you know this season, hasn't he? To, and I'm not saying he, he's got the the feel for the nags, but I think he's definitely a capable player to step in. Um, and and I think you know Ed Holmes again. He's he's one of those players. Maybe again not the filth, but he's never let us down, has he? So Cornish blessed. Yeah. Can I just say as well, congratulations for Cornwall for reaching the yes. Bill Belmont County Championship again this yeah. season. Yeah. So congratulations c- to, to come, Cornwall. Come on the black and gold. Um, for me, Dunn as well. Dunn's a player that I think it, you know it can step up and really a young lad who can perform for us. And on a personal level, uh, Charlie Rice. I mean, I, I'm actually friends with uh, a good mate of his dad, or his late dad. So, you know, it's nice to see Charlie step up into into the fold. And, you know, good luck to him. I, I, I think we'll be all right in the second row. We, we might not have to feel if I agree, but I think we'll... I think we'll be okay. Yeah, you certainly hope that that Vui and Joyce uh, have a, a pretty injury-free season because mm, yeah. you know with those two uh, Holmes and you know some of the boys coming through, I think we're all right. Yeah, I think if one of those goes uh, with a nasty injury, then you know uh, people really are going to have to step up. Uh, Pete, let me come to you. Uh, back row, uh, we've got new signing Magnus Bradbury. Uh, we've got Fitz Harding, Jake Heenan, Sam Jeffrey, Stephen Luatua, Dan Thomas, and uh, again, uh, uh, Mackenzie Duncan stepping up uh, from the senior academy, uh, in- integrated with the first team. Your thoughts on that uh, that group of players? All good. I like I like I like the addition of uh, Bradbury. You yeah. know, a bit of granite from Edinburgh. Um, he looks good to me. He looks like a hard line hitting. Number eight, who's got youth on his side. He's just got man of the match in the last game yeah, as well, and didn't he? You know, and he's got a passion within his belly, being Scottish, you know. So uh, I think he's good. And I think, you know, Jeffries, we said at the beginning of the season, was like a new signing, him coming back. And yeah. he's had a great season and he can only age well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the back row is not, not necessarily a problem. I, I just, I suppose the only caveat would be we'd like to see Dan Thomas maybe... No, I'm not saying, you know, maybe just if, if he's playing regularly, we know he's playing really well. Yeah. And we and I just yeah. think a Dan Thomas in a back row is at the top of his game, gives us that kind of balance and that flexibility with a Jeffries or with a Lua Tua or, you know, maybe the problem is it's the Harding thing again. Mm. You know, Harding 
was got rid of Hughes in certain yeah, to be honest and Harding has given Pat something to think about when it comes to other areas of flank but I just think that it, that's going to spur I mean I can imagine in the in the close season Dan will be back down Carmarthen getting mm. a few sheep and uh, you know bench pressing a few of them just to come back stronger <laughs> oh. in, in, in July uh, uh, absolutely I've come to you Miles scrum half uh Oscar Lennon, who uh, came into uh, the, the the club um, halfway through the season, uh, he's he's got a contract. Harry Randall, Andy Buren, uh, and Tom Whiteley, um, four scrum halves. That that's about six short of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What, 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 what is Pat doing? What, what he need? What is he doing? Um, but if 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 they're all fit, okay, that's it, that's a pretty good lineup, um, isn't it? Exactly. If they're all fit, that's a fantastic lineup. I mean, we saw. Like you said, Oscar Lennon came in. From, did you say Hartbury? Yeah. I think to, yeah, he to help oh, us yeah, out yeah. during our injury crisis. Played he, he played at the wreck, didn't oh, he? Oh, he, he did. Brilliant. Well, and brilliant. he was fantastic till he got injured. Um, and obviously, he's shined. And um, sadly, we've had to release Theo Strang. Um, and, but he's obviously shined well enough to, to prove himself. Oh, I think he was great. Well, who, hang on. Who was great? Theo what? Strang? No, Oscar Lennon. Oh, right, oh, right, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, you know. Yeah. He ousted Strang. He, he ousted yeah, Strang. He did. Yeah. Strang had a couple of clangers of matches. Yeah. He was obviously, you know, academy first uh, team, but had a couple of clangers. Lennon played brilliantly. He's obviously shone in training. Whiteley obviously was phenomenal till he all the best athletes did till he got his little hamstring injury Whiteley's my number two absolutely I have to admit Uh, you're right and I think you know when uh, Harry was away uh, with England I think Whiteley stepped up and brilliant so there Mm. we go we have got you know, for you know, Oscar Lennon's got to prove himself a little bit. We've got, I think, four very competent scrum halves. And when, if and when anyone is called up for international duty, that up. is a brilliant uh, backup sort of three yeah. scrum halves to have. So yeah, I'm super pleased with them. Now I think Lee, let me come to you because I think this is possibly the most interesting category when I saw it down on paper or on pixels. I know what you're going to say. On pixels, uh, fly half. AJ McGinty, who we're all looking forward to seeing, mm-hmm. Callum Sheedy, uh, and then we've got Jack Lloyd, uh, Tom Wilstead, and Sam Worsley, all from the Integrated Academy, listed as fly halves. Perhaps it's the people that aren't in the fly half category that uh, caused more of the eye opener, and that's with Ewan Lloyd now. Um, Posted yeah. as a centre, and then James Williams, who's been playing fly half from Hart- for Hartbury yeah. and scoring the record number of uh, or the, the most points in the championship, also being listed as a centre. We'll come on to them in a minute, but McGinty and Sheedy as the senior fly halves with uh, obviously a lot of experience, but then the other three, yeah, not much. So you know, I, I, but, we, but again, we, those players that you've just spoken about I mean obviously they can step into that rule so I mean I know we're not going to talk about them in this section mm. you know but personally AJ McGinty for me I mean it's a, he's a player that we've we've loved watching play against us haven't we I mean he, he runs a game he dictates the, the pace the control of the game and I think he is going to push Sheedy all the way Absolutely. for a first team place um and and that's always going to be good for Sheedy because mm. like you know you for competition for places you need that mm. that mm. kind of mm. that that boost to push you on, and I think you know the, you know Jack Lloyd uh, Wilstead 
Worsley, they're players that were, that can only learn and benefit from those two players and watching them play and you know and integrating them in for the future. But um, yeah, I'm quite happy with that. I have to admit, I can't wait to watch McGinty play. If I'm honest. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Miles, let me come to you then. Centres, we've got listed uh, Bates, Bedlow, Yain Lloyd, Piers O'Connor, Charlie Powell, Sammy Ranrandra, James Williams and Harry Ashurl. Um I think it's Ashel. Ashel? Yeah. Okay. Harry Ashel. Um, or like Connacht. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some good players there. Absolutely. Yeah. But have we? Who who is our starting inside centre from that that group? Do you think? Uh, that is a very good question. Uh, um, go on. Go on. Answer okay. it, Miles. Okay. Okay. Well, I I am I going to put my money on based on the latter part of the season and barring red cards, Bedlow. Um, he's played phenomenally. He's a massive unit. I mean, I can't. He hasn't done anything apart from his, you know, red card, which was questionable. Hasn't done anything wrong apart from the red card. Smashing some guy in the end. Okay, that yellow we got last. I took some guy's head off, but apart from that. But I tell you what, his service in the fifteen gym before the game. If he can, the way the quick hands he's got, like pouring those gins, that is inside centre. There we are. Gin tonic. So really, I know he's going to be it's, it's challenging next season but inside centre who do we start with predominantly Bedlow is fit uh, he's not injured he's just out for a bit of a misdemeanour um, I would start Bedlow inside centre we're going to um, and then Sammy outside Bedlow that would be my preferable choice for power pace and another another sort of backup was a massive boot on him you missed out another P there Miles you could have said power pace and purpose purpose and pizzazz pizzazz yeah we're pretty well you know they're pretty well served in the centres according to the list like you said James Williams has miraculously moved to number 12 but we don't know what he looks like in that position and surely it is it is time for Bedlow now to step up and and you know, just grasp that opportunity, surely. Oh, yeah, I do you feel that. It's now or never. <laughs> yeah, quite. Um, okay, uh, I think that'll be really interesting. I've got a hunch James Williams yeah. might, uh, really? might, okay. might start at inside centre, yeah. but I think Bedlow and Williams will be the two uh, predominantly. I see most of the others as more 13s. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, fair enough. Again, I do worry that maybe we still haven't really replaced Siali Piertau from... Uh, two seasons ago yeah. uh, let me come to you Pete for uh, the wings and fullbacks at wing we've got Toby Fricker uh, Gabriel Ibatoyi uh, Luke Morahan and Nualago Henry Purdy uh, Diego Bailey's come in um, and obviously Rich Lane great mm-hmm. signing I think he was uh, listed as the um, fullback in the championship team of the season I saw today and uh, Charles Piertau not too shabby. No, I mean I think filthy it, list, yeah, isn't it? I, mean, I think in the context of a, a, a diminishing, diminishing salary cap, that's a, that's a pretty good back back three we've yeah. got there. And you know, of course, the Wizard of Moz can always pull in, pull in, uh, can um, stand in at fullback. So can Purdy if we need to. Mm. I, I, that I is think, a Debbie yeah. does Dallas. Yeah, back line I like that. Is. It's that is the sort of back line that I, I have to standing item on the agenda is a shower. 
before we <laughs> watch the game. Hot or cold? Cold. 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 I mean, freezing. We, we haven't it's seen. It's an ice bath. It is. It's even an ice bath. Can I just say one thing though? I I, I think it's great to see Diego Bailey because I think this is where the Bears have got to go. We've mm. got to see people like Bailey coming through, and by all accounts, that the guy has got potentially what it takes. So it'd be nice to maybe see him on the bench in the 23 a few times. Mm. But I want the person I want to point out is Toby Fricker. I just think, in relatively speaking, from where he came from. To, to the performances he's put when he's been fit, I would almost say the return on his invest he's been the best return on our investment on the wings. I he's just think all, all, like player on his season play, material. Almost, I don't think he's played enough. But I do but he was kind of out of favour at the beginning of the season. Then he kind of came in, played really well in that we had a bit of a dodgy patch, but he was our best player, got injured, and has come back strong. And I think his performance on uh Friday to me was Almost, he's, he's competing to be named on the sheet for any Premiership game, and I want to sit. I I, I, do, I would absolutely agree with that. I think he's probably three high tackles away from being the most improved performer of the whole season. I just love, and I think what made what really turned it for me was when that interception try on Friday when he put the afterburners on, and uh, oops, and um, that's what really got me thinking. Yeah. He's got everything. He's direct. He's his tackle techniques got better. He's passion. He's, he's not passionate. He's, he's he gets stuck in. Yeah. But those afterburners, I thought, whoa, mm. that he is was, the sort of thing. And like I said before, pace is everything. I, I mean, there there is some real competition there, isn't there? And uh, if 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 that uh, group of what's it, six wingers are all fit. Um, you know, it's exciting and stuff. And I, as I long think... as they've all got, they have done the tackle technique course. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, who, just out of interest, are we allowed, have we got time to, yeah, just yeah. to say, like, like what collectively, what would be your first two, your, your actual first two wingers? I think at the moment, well, if they were all fit. Yeah. Okay, so based on the injury, I, it's difficult to tell because back of like three seasons ago, we, we don't know how he's been. Gabriel Libertoye was untouchable. Yeah. His pace and his size tapping was phenomenal. So you could argue, you put him and Fricker on the wings, and that is some, that's some afterburns. I mean, that's off the scale. Um, but, but it's a bit of an unknown, um, so we don't know about that. But at the moment, what we've been seeing, Fricker, I would choose him week in, week out, and Morahan as well. I think Morahan's Quality sidings. Fit, fit Morahan. Is his starts? He starts yeah. somewhere. He starts away. Who would you I, have him with? I, you see, I'd like to say Nuelango because I think he is a weapon, but he's a weapon that goes off in all sorts of different directions. He's a loose cannon. He's a loose <laughs> cannon. Yes, yes. And I, I, if he can sort his discipline out and sort his, then I mean, Morahan and Nuelango, and then Pierre Tower at the back three is world class, but. I'm, I have reservations still about Nualango, and I would say that right. Fricker to me is more reliable and delivers almost that's a as good, much. That's a good He's def- and right. actually, unfortunately, has kind of leapfrogged over the Perdster, yes, who yeah. who was that person I thought at the end of last season, and and again for various reasons, injury, whatever, hasn't quite pushed on, and I think Fricker's gone ahead of Purdy. I, I, I was going to say, looking at that list, I'd probably put Purdy sixth 
as yeah, far as yeah. selections. And I think Bailey's up and coming yeah. and, and, and would have that chance. Almost wonder if Purdy was one of the Ashton Gate six. I wonder. Uh, but uh, for me, to answer your question, yes, I'd go with Morahan and Nualago because they're tried and tested. Yeah. Uh, both can be devastating uh, and probably Ibatoi um, on on the bench to come on. But that's no disrespect to Fricker, uh, who mm. I think's done fantastic and might well challenge for for one of those starting wing positions. Okay, chaps, let's move along. Uh, it's getting dark and we're nearly uh, in midsummer, so uh, we must have been chatting for quite a long time tonight. Um, Sale versus Bristol, the next game. The, uh, because we've got two weeks, we're, we're not going to do a podcast next week, so we're going to cover the game. Um, I can see the enthusiasm etched over all the faces in front of me for, for this game. Uh, let me come to you first, Pete. Sail away, sail away, sail away. Uh, your thoughts on team selections. Are we going to send a strong team up there? Or will this be an opportunity for Pat to bring in some of those people we've talked about to give them maybe their first taste of Premiership rugby? I think the latter. I, I, I mean, I, as a fan, I can't... I can, I'm barely can raise a, a heart, a pulse on that game. And I, I know the players are pros and they're paid and they'll do. It. I, I think, I think what well, I think he'll do that. He'll he'll look at his kind of second string and, and his, his these guys in the retain list that, you know, have, uh, they're going to be hungrier for that game in a way because they know that it's an opportunity. Yeah, you know, he's got we've got nothing to play for. We've got, but who's going to be more hungry on a game like that? It's players that are kind of in that depth, deep in that you know deeper in that squad. They'll want to play. They'll want to show it. So, I, I think we'll be we'll have a kind of experimental squad with maybe a bit of experience just to bind it together a little bit. But so have still got something to play for. Aren't they? Yeah, they have. Yeah, I, they think, have. I, I think know. mathematically they they uh, could get fourth place. Just, so they're f- they're five points just, behind Northampton. I just wonder in the show, week there'll it? be a few like the big players will be like about the Tuesday before be like in half term like all pack bit of a twinge bit of a twinge. <laughs> Uh, I'll accidentally put an ice pack on my hamstring and sat on it and it's burnt my skin that sort of thing I so, mean if, if there's no better time now to bring in like like I said I don't think we'll you know it's a good time to bring in a few youngsters isn't it and, and you know not yeah. I mean Sale will be up for it this is the problem A that they've got something to play for B that they're going to be it's going to be the last game for some of that South African yeah, contingent so they're going to want to be up for it. So yeah. I think Pat has to factor that in a little bit, is that we, we've got to be competitive because yeah. that's the nature of of the sport. Mm. But, you know, he will always say it's a squad game. So it'll be I mean, mix and match, pick you've and got, mix. You've got players like Piers O'Connor probably won't be making this this cell game, will they? So, you know, Bates will probably start yeah. maybe. You know, I, mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I think it'd be nice to see some of the... The, you know, not the youngsters, but some mm. of the the next kind of generation long, possibly. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if we'll get one of those locks in, whether Hawkins, Hawkins or a Dunn will yeah. will get a start. Um, well, Hawkins has got to be the next. He's got to be the next. He's got to be Atwoods. He has, hasn't he? Really. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think this is a good test for Hawkins. Pat will say, "Look, I know it's nothing to play for, but for you, my boy, yeah. I want to see you. I want to see how you perform against." the Luger, South African international because you this is your audition for next year yeah. and I don't think he'd be up for it yeah and I think we'd all agree I mean 
Hawkins, John Hawkins, mum and dad are lovely, weren't they? And he yeah, came down yeah, to see him yeah. every week, and you know, so it'd be, it's, this is his time, and hopefully he'll t- he'll grasp it. And it's not a risk. And he'll shine. It's not a risk playing John Hawkins in that no, game. It's not no. throwing in someone who hasn't played. You're throwing in. We know he's a quality operator. Yeah. Mm. He knows he is. Uh, there'll be a few auditions in that game, mm. but not risky auditions. No, I, I I think so. It'd be interesting to see who plays at eight. I mean, part of me thinks you know if you just put Nathan Hughes in to. You know, I know, I know his it, last it, paycheck. His, his last paycheck yeah. against the big uh, South Africans, that's or is or, or is Nathan? That's it now. It's it, it it's over for him. Um, I don't know. Do you risk Steve Luatua for a, a meaningless last game of the season in front of six thousand fans in the northwest, or do you give him a rest? I think if you play Hughes, Hughes gives a hundred and ten percent, like he, he does, always yeah. would. Yeah, and I mean Sheedy obviously picked up that knock. You know, is uh, again there was some speculation. I, I don't quite buy it that there was a a niggling injury and that's why he didn't go into the Welsh squad if mm. he's playing in the Premiership. No. But uh, you know, do you give Sheedy a breather, breather and maybe uh, you know somebody comes in again? Tiff, why not? Tiff, yeah, farewell, kind of. Uh, Be nice, wouldn't it? And then Absolutely. you know. Do you give Jack Lloyd another ten minutes, fifteen minutes of experience? Um, so it'd be interesting, Miles. Any any other thoughts from you on on, on selections? No, I mean I was uh, on my way back from a holiday that weekend, and for five minutes I contemplated going to the AGL, but I saw it on the TV in the Champions Cup. Especially when they panned out with the yeah, camera. And yeah, yeah, and I don't fancy going to watch a game on a rubbish probably. tip just yeah. off the motorway, so I, I won't be attending that. It was that a bit like a poor Scarlet. It was be that, yeah, yeah. But they, you know, the fair play. I think there are supporters club are running a coach up, yeah, and I'm yeah. sure some fans will go up to Manchester on that weekend. I shan't be attending. Um, I think you're right. There's no need to send a, a full-blown first-team squad. There's nothing to play for. But I fully agree with Pete. We don't want to be embarrassed by Sale, do we? They have something to play for, we haven't. It needs to be very competitive. And I think you're right, we could blow a few of the peripheral sort of players in the junior ranks. Jack Lloyd, good shout. Tiff Eden and Hughes, but... Uh, I don't... You know, I, I don't hold much hope out for a win because I don't think that's what we're going there for. We don't want any injuries going into the summer period and we want, you know... There's going to be a lot of South Africans saying goodbye. <laughs> there are. And Do that's, you, that's their end of season. The clerk. I don't know who else is off at sale, it's, but McGinty, yeah. um, yeah. of course. Yeah. So they'll be there. They'll be the last game of the season. So they'll they'll be good. McGinty hasn't played for four four months, so he mm. won't be playing, will he? He's still in, still on the injury list, I think. So. I hope he's okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know whether we would see Hughes or not, or whether that's that, that's his uh, Bristol days gone. I do feel that there'll be one or two places that maybe will go to to people that, you know, much as we all said, what a fantastic performance Charles Piertau, uh, uh, uh delivered at the gate on on Friday. Mm. You know, do you almost say to him, right, your season's done now, Charles? Yeah. We had the big performance. Actually, don't want to risk you getting yeah. any injuries. Yeah. Have an, another couple of weeks off. Have a beer and uh, you know. get get yourself a couple of crates of Corona. Get yeah. yourself, you know, three. get get yourself <laughs> sorted. So, so we shall see. All right. Well, it's it's prediction time. I oh, think Pete, dear. you were the closest last time was with a twenty-eight twenty-six oh, I, victory. I wasn't. 
You you weren't not with your three nil. Um, <laughs> so Sale away, Pete. I'm going to come to you first. Then your prediction for this game. I sadly I think Sale have got more to. We'll we'll win it. Um, they they've got a bit of confidence over. So I'm going to go. It's going to be Dower. Fifteen ten to Sale. Uh, fifteen ten. Uh, Miles. I think. Um, I think they're going to twenty one Sale. Fourteen to Bristol. Lee. Uh, 24 18 Bristol. Yes. Oh, oh, good win, good lad. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go for a 21 all draw. <laughs> I, I like my draws, uh, right? Well, that's almost it for this week. Um, but uh, a couple of things I just wanted to uh finish on. First of all, uh, Lee, the uh, the ladies' uh, team play today, the women's team in the semi final uh, of the uh playoffs. Uh, Narrow defeat again against Exeter, uh, losing 28-24, but what a fantastic season they've had. And when you think where they were last year and uh, how they've turned it around, it's, it's, it's been amazing. And I think I saw a stat somewhere, along with Harlequins, they've had the biggest attendance as well for yeah. any of the women's teams this season. Yeah, I mean, Dave Ward has absolutely turned that team around. I, w- I went down to the... Um, to the uh, Quinns game a couple of weeks ago Ashton Gate and it was brilliant I mean the atmosphere was fantastic and it's so frustrating because the girls are so close to it you know and it's like our second narrow defeat to uh, to Chiefs in the last couple of weeks but we are literally knocking on the door and I think next season we'll go again and I think we'll be stronger for it yeah no absolutely and just to follow up from uh last week's podcast where a friend of mine Kira edwards put a call out for people to uh, help her with a dissertation that she's doing she's at loughborough university looking at women's rugby i'd like to thank everybody and there were lots of people that put their names forward uh for kira we had some wonderful emails uh, from some of our listeners so I'm not going to name name them all but thank you so much I think Kira's still looking for one or two uh, female season ticket holders maybe to uh, take part in the research it's only going to be 20 minutes or so so if any of our listeners out there uh, uh, any of our female listeners would, would uh, like to get in contact with us we'll put uh, you in contact with Kira uh, and that would be amazing well guys what a way to uh, finish the season uh, I, I I don't think I've enjoyed a game so much this season as possibly I, I did that one um, uh, and uh, it's a nice way to uh, finish off uh, our time at Ashton Gate this year as I say um, we've got a break now uh, before the next game first weekend in June so there won't be a podcast next week we'll be back in two weeks time to talk about the sale game and then give our thoughts on the season uh, that's just gone by that's it for this show if you like what you've heard please subscribe and leave a review or rating for us on your favourite podcast platform we'll be back in two weeks with that review of the sale game until then goodbye stay safe and come on Briz.